0: Go ahead and have a seat this morning. Well, uh, called by name takes a seat, and remember, kids' camp is underway, so if you have a young person you want to take into kids' camp, go ahead. Okay, we are uh, in 1 Peter, and we're looking at the uh, fifth chapter, so if you brought your Bibles with you this morning, now's the time, open them up, and get to that fifth chapter, and uh, we're going to pick up at the eighth verse, but a little, uh, little groundwork there to get us there. Uh, remember last week, uh, we uh, talked with you, and uh, thanks for letting me sneak away, by the way, talk to you by uh, by the screens there, talk to you about uh, how at the end of the fourth chapter, he gives us kind of this challenge to just live this incredible life of faith. And then in the fifth chapter, he gives us the invitation and kind of the call in our lives, saying, look, God's going to call us and, and he's going to put us in positions where we need to step up in leadership. Were you here last week to hear that? Okay, nobody was here last week when I was gone? Okay, learned a lesson there. Thank you so much. Yeah, good. Yeah, well, if you were here last week, I mean, that's what we're talking about, is that, you know, that if we're going to live this incredible life of faith, then it means God's going to put opportunities in our life, and he's going to create those opportunities, but calls on our life... Where we just really step up into places of leadership, not just in the church, but just in the world and in the way God just has control of our life. And and he's going to bring us those opportunities. We need to seize them, right? We need to be willing to let God have control, live in that incredible faith, and just let, let that leadership opportunity come into our life and step into that, okay? Now, Peter is going to give us a word of reality. When we do that... We have to do that knowing we will come under spiritual attack. That when we step up, when we live our lives totally sold out for Jesus Christ, when we have our families totally sold out for Jesus Christ, when when we have our relationships centered in Jesus Christ, when we step into leadership where we become those people who extend the kingdom of heaven in the hearts of other people, what's going to happen? We're going to come under attack. Young people, you need to listen to this this morning. When you step up at school and you stand out as a Christian leader in school, you will come under attack. That's what Peter wants you to understand. He wants you to know that this is the reality of the way the world is. Because there is a force loose in the world that is working against what God wants in your life and in the lives of other people. So, Peter starts out in the uh, 8th verse reminding us that we got to get ready for what's happening. And I kind of summarized it saying uh, that he's, he's inviting us today to get ready to rumble. and that's the way the guy does that? Does he do it that way? Yeah, get ready to rumble. Well, I mean, that's what he's talking about. Because if you look at the 8th verse right away, uh, he says, Be on your guard and stay awake. So he's giving us right away a word, right? A word of warning saying, look, If you let God take over your life like this, your life is going to move up, it's going to move out, you're going to become a person of influence, you're going to start changing people around you, you you're going to start changing the world, you're going to have an impact that will last for eternity. Because that's true, remember, be on guard, be alert. See, here's the problem for us, is there's a there's a a temptation for us. When we become those kind of people that God wants us to be, and we step up into those places of leadership, we start becoming those people of influence, it's easy for us to get this sense of spiritual uh, superiority. Have you heard of that? Spiritual superiority, that, that somehow we're oblivious, that somehow we're, well, hey, man, I'm cool, I'm riding high now, things are great. And we kind of ride so high in the Spirit that we get this sense of Spiritual superiority like like, uh, nothing could touch it. How many news articles have we read where there's been people in the church, pastors in particular, who have become well-known throughout the country and and are riding high and wrote the greatest, latest book, and before you know it, they're falling to uh, moral failure. True? Why? Because of what Peter's telling you this morning. You, you're going to become that person of influence. And that's awesome, great, that's fantastic. But when you're doing that, you got to understand you're going to come under attack because you're being so effective for the kingdom of heaven. And there's a power out there that doesn't want that. So be on guard. Be alert. Be aware of this in your life. What does it translate to? It means you got to be careful in your life that you stay sold out for the kingdom of heaven. You gotta be on your guard. You gotta be alert. And you gotta be careful you don't start feeling so spiritually superior that you start dabbling in the things of the world. That you start dabbling in some of those things. So, you gotta be careful, like, with your mind, that you don't let your mind start wandering into lustful things. Like, somehow, well, you know, I can just kinda dream about that a little bit, but, you know, I'm strong enough. I I can handle it. I can just kinda dabble a little bit in those lustful thoughts. You know what I'm talking about? We just kind of put your toe just a little bit into some of that stuff that you know is contrary to where God wants you to be. But you have the spiritual authority that says, well, you know, I, I know, I kind of like this materialism thing, and so I'm just going to dabble in this materialism thing, and I'm, I'm just going to, you know, let that kind of take over a part of my life, because I like things, I like the stuff, and... and And all of a sudden you're going to have the challenge where where God's not going to be first in your life anymore. Why? Because you're not going to be tithing like he teaches you to tithe because materialism started to take over. What's Peter saying? Be on your guard. Be alert. This can happen. Why does this happen? The way he describes it is using just this incredibly great image that uh, we can relate to as well as obviously those first Christians who are under persecution can understand. He, uh, if you go to the next slide, he describes it this way. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion sneaking around to find someone to attack. What does he remind us? This force is loose in the world, and it is sneaking around, and it is waiting for the opportunity, right? If, if you look at the next uh, picture here I have for you, can, do you see anything in there? Do you see the lion? There's actually a lion in in there. That's an actual photograph, by the way. And there's actually a lion. If you look down kind of quarter way up from the bottom, you see his nose, his nostrils. Then you go up to the left and there's a dark spot. That's his eye. There's actually a full face of a lion in that grass, right? This is the way it works. You see, the enemy just doesn't come up to you someday and say, "Uh, excuse me, I'm here. Hey, nice to meet you. (laughs) I'm the evil one. No, what does he do? He lays in the weeds. He lays in the weeds and he watches your life and he waits for that opening in your life. Martin Luther says, The devil is smart enough to go over the fence at the shortest place. Right? Right? He's smart enough to go at that place where you are most vulnerable, that place that you are are the weakest. And we need to get, get an understanding from Peter that says, what: well, be alert, don't, don't get so full of yourself, be full of God. Be alert, be aware that there's one out there working to bring you down from where God wants you to be. And he is just out there in the weeds waiting for whatever opportunity he can find in your life. So be on your guard. Don't let your mind go there. Don't let your life go there. Those places that you're struggling, you got to find a way to let God push those out of your life so you stay strong in the faith. Why? Because if He gets in your life, His goal is to rip it apart. Look at the next picture. How capable is a lion of ripping things up? You see, that's what the evil one wants to let loose in your relationships. That's what he wants to let loose in your marriage. That's what he wants to let loose in your uh, in your family. That's what he wants to let loose in your career. That's what he wants to let loose in all those relationships you have out there. You see how he can tear things up. You see, Peter is speaking to us to say, guys, just don't 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 get so spiritually full of yourself. Be alert. Be aware that there's one out there who is working and waiting for every opportunity to get a foothold in your life. And when he does, he has the skills, the talents, the power, the fangs, and the teeth that can rip it up. So be careful. Be careful and be on your guard. Now, this is not only Peter that tells us. The Apostle Paul also gives us the same kind of uh, understanding uh, from Ephesians 6. He says, We are not fighting against humans, we are fighting against forces and authorities, against rulers of darkness and powers in the spiritual world. You see, when the greatest thing the evil one wants to do is convince you, and the world really tries hard to do this, to convince you that he doesn't exist. He wants to see if he can convince you that he doesn't exist, then he can have his way in your world, he wants you to be intellectually superior. He wants you to be above, you know, all of that stuff. And and just if he can convince the world that he doesn't exist, he can own the world. Uh, Billy Sunday, a great preacher, uh, said there are two reasons I know that the devil exists. Number one, the Bible tells me so. Number two, I've done business with him. Amen. Isn't that the way it works? been, been in the business, right? I mean, we know this is true. We know this is true because he is working every day in each of our lives. I am not spiritually th- spiritually superior up here on the on the platform to tell you he doesn't try to work in my life too. Absolutely, every day. And we just got to take it and understand it and be on our guard so that we can figure out from the scriptures how to deal with it. And Peter knows this in his own personal life. Remember, we're, we're talking about First Peter here. We're listening to Peter. If you go into Mark, you have an experience with uh, Jesus and Peter. Now, oh, this is, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians 11, too, kind of tells us. Let's not miss this. He says, and it's no wonder even Satan tries to make himself look like an angel of light. What does he try to look like? He tries to look like the truth, right? That's what's so deceptive about this whole thing. Is he, it, it often looks so good. We are are so good at finding reasons to justify the stuff that we know God doesn't want in our life. We are. And it it looks so good. And we make it sound so good. But we know it's not. We know it's not what the kingdom's people want to do, right? And, And Peter knew this too. Now we get to the next one. Peter knew this too. Look what happened to him in Mark 8. It says, Peter took Jesus aside and told him to stop talking like that. But when Jesus turned and saw the disciples, he corrected Peter and he said... Satan, get away from me. You are thinking like everyone else and not like God. Who is he talking to? Jesus? Whose book are we reading here? Does he understand what we're talking about this morning? He's been there, right? He's been there. He got spiritually... Uh, Superior on a particular day with Jesus and said, No, 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 Lord. (laughs) No, certainly you got that wrong, Lord. Let me straighten you out on this one, uh, Lord of glory. Let let me straighten you out on this one, Son of God. Let let me help you get the right understanding on this one, the the Alpha and the Omega. You see what he's doing? And Jesus says, No, Peter, you don't understand. Your mind is somewhere else in the weeds with a lion and you're not thinking God's thoughts this is the temptation this is what happens to us as we start developing God the way we want God to be and let instead of letting God develop us and mold us the way God wants us to be you get it peter gives us this incredible opportunity to say hey guess what You you can step up and be an incredible leader for Christ. You can change the world. You can impact those people around you. You can step into positions of leadership that God's going to create for you. But be careful. Be aware. There's a power working that will try to hold you back, that will try to bring you down. So how do we deal with that? That's the next question for Peter. How do we deal with that? Well, Peter's answer is, well, get ready. But get ready for it early. Early. Don't wait for the moment to come. Get ready, get ready early. He says, but you must resist the devil and stay strong in your faith. If you're going to stay strong in your faith, where was your faith before anything happened? Better been strong, right? If you're going to stay strong, you've already been strong. Peter's saying, look... You need to develop your faith. You need to walk with the Lord in the strength of your faith and have that sold-out faith we talked about in chapter 4, and that's where you stay. Now remember what he told us last week, was we stay strong in that faith as we walk humbly, right? As we walk humbly with God and live under the hand and the power and the control of Christ in our life. Peter wants us to understand the only way for us to deal with the evil one is to make sure that there's no room for him in our life because our life is so full already of the presence of Christ. It's the only way we can do it. To stay so full of the presence of Christ. Here's the way Paul talks about it. We referred to this earlier, right, about not fighting against humans but spiritual powers. Look at verse 13. He says, So put on the armor that God gives, then when the evil day comes, you'll be able to defend yourself, and when the battle is over, you'll still be standing firm. So, be what? Ready. How do you be ready? Well, you be ready because before you continue this pattern of just pouring more and more God in your life, pouring more and more God, Christ in your life, pouring more and more awareness of what the Scriptures have to teach in your life, pouring more and more of what God wants into your life. If you stay focused in this, then Paul and Peter are telling us look, when that day comes, it's going to come. When that day comes, you'll be able to stand, you'll be strong. And we can see this in Jesus' own life. Do you remember when he was baptized? And he went out into the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights, and the evil one came and tempted him. And if we look at each temptation and Jesus' response uh, to each temptation, I highlighted what Jesus says each time when he's tempted. What does he say? Scripture says. Now, let's get to some context here. Now, do you suppose Jesus was out there with a scroll of Isaiah? Or the scroll of, of, of Ezekiel? or No, he's just out there. Right? So, so what is he pouring out? Well, he's not running into a book somewhere, a scroll somewhere. He's just pouring out because he is already ready with the knowledge of what God wants in his life. He's already ready. He's already got the word poured into his life. And look what happens the third time when Jesus says those words. Go away, Satan. The scriptures say, and it says, Then the devil left Jesus and angels came to help him. You see, God has given us a way to resist this power that's in the weeds. And it's to stay strong enough, centered enough, humble enough in depending on Christ and His Word in our life. We need to stay focused in letting that Word continue to speak Uh, into our lives it doesn't stop there it means not only having the word in our lives but peter would tell us it also means having the awareness of other christians in our life look what he says you know that all over the world the lord's followers are suffering just as you are who does he point to other christians right right He's pointing to other Christians saying, look, okay, you're going to have this day of challenge, you're going to have this day of trial, you you know, be ready for it, be centered in the Word, but, you know, don't forget there's other Christians out there. And and they've gone through some of this too, and they're they're going through these challenges as well. See, we have the strength and the gift of the church, the strength and the gift of disciples around us, the strength and the gift of everybody in this room who's a believer to be able to come into our life in those times when we're facing difficulty and before, and before. We need to give ourselves the opportunity to be strengthened by other people and take their guidance and their advice, especially when we are weakest. Psalm 73 says, Your advice has been my guide, and later you will welcome me in your glory. What do we need? We need good godly advice, don't we? When you're challenged, when you're feeling threatened, we need to make sure that we turn to uh, other Christians and, and let them speak into our lives. Last piece. Uh, Peter would tell us that with this, as we face this reality and this challenge, we also have to hold on to and not lose sight of what God has been doing in our life. And so we need to hold on to the grace of God and the promise of God and that overall ability for God to be in control. The grace of God, he says it with these words, but God shows undeserved kindness to everyone. Now, here's the key. Remember, he told us last week, step into those positions of Lordy, of, uh, of uh, leadership and influence, right? But also live humbly and live under the hand of God's power, right? What he wants us to understand is when it comes to facing that lion, we don't have the strength on our own to do it. It comes from outside of ourselves when we just surrender to the grace of God. When we just surrender to the grace of God. The Apostle uh, Paul understood this. If you look at what he said, he was facing a challenge in his life and a thorn in the flesh, he calls it. But he says, you know, he prayed to God about it. And here was God's response. He said, each time uh, God said back to him, my grace is all you need. What did he need? Just grace. That's all you need. Just grace. You see, it is to understand, be alert, be aware it's going to happen. But also be aware that God's grace is sufficient for each one of us to overcome it. That God is greater in us than he who is in the world. That God can can give us what we need and bring scripture to mind and bring people into our life and bring us to that place where we overcome that challenge. Because God is greater and his grace is sufficient for us. And if nothing else, we can look beyond the challenge because we know his promise is on our life. Peter says it with these words. That's why he appointed Christ Jesus to choose you to share in his eternal glory. Anybody seen the wall of China? Anybody been to China to see the wall of China? Yeah, I heard it's pretty awesome, huh? Is it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when they built the wall of China, they built the wall of China. they said, man, now, there is no enemy that can conquer this wall. I mean, this thing is so big, it is so overwhelming, it is so impressive. They built that and said, man, now we are safe, because there is absolutely no way an enemy could enter our lands. Now, the amazing thing was, after the wall was built, after they sat there in that confidence, invaders came in and invaded again. And they thought, how could this be? How could they conquer this wall? You know what they discovered? They bribed the gatekeepers. They bribed the gatekeepers to come in. Here's what Peter wants you to understand. You live under the promise. And there is no one that can overcome and take away the promise that God puts on your life. You live under the promise. And there is no power greater than the promise of God over your life. And when you are facing that challenge, and when you are facing that temptation, and when your life's starting to feel like it's getting ripped up a little bit, you need to be able to step back, take that breath, and remember that God has a promise over your life and start looking beyond it. See what happens to us when life starts getting shredded a little bit? When the evil one starts getting a foothold in our life? We start focusing in only on the evil one in our life. Peter's saying, look, step back. And look at the big picture and remember, there is a power that's in you. There's a promise over your life. And it is greater than what's going on in your life right now. And start looking to and holding on to the glory that God has in store for you. Last piece. He says, not only live under the promise, but remember then that God is uh, totally in control. He says, you will suffer for a while, just being honest. But God will make you complete. Steady, strong, and firm. And God will be what? Not a bad deal, right? God will be controlled forever. Amen. Amen. Yes, it shall be so. You see, Peter wants us to get this awareness that we can step up. We can change the world. We can be leaders of influence for the cause of Christ. We can impact people around us. We can, you know, get our marriages recovered, our family recovered. We can do all these kingdom things. But we do it knowing there's another power trying to tear us down. But we have a promise on our life. And we have the scriptures to strengthen us. And we have that confidence to live under that hand of God's power and control. And just surrender. Here's the way it it comes out for uh, James. James says, surrender to God, resist the devil, and he will run from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. What makes the devil run away? When God gets close. Right? When God gets close. You see, I know there's some of you in your room right now who your life is starting to get shredded up a little bit. You've got some stuff going on and, and some of you got one foot over here kind of dabbling in some things. Just surrender. Give it up. Just just give it up. The invitation this morning is to surrender to the incredible control of God. That grace that is absolutely sufficient. And if you just surrender your life to God, He will elevate you and He will bring opportunities to He will put you in positions of leadership and influence to make a difference for His kingdom. He'll elevate your life. But beware, it all starts in the same place. Surrender. Surrender every day. Surrender every cause. Surrender every opportunity. Surrender and let God draw near in everything. And the devil will run away surrender. And God will be so powerful and present in your life, there'll be no room for anything else. Let's pray. Father, thank you for that promise. Thank you for that promise. Thank you for telling us today, through the words of Peter, that we can be the people you want us to be, we can influence for the kingdom of heaven, and we can overcome even the most difficult of times. And we know there is that power loose in the world, that evil one that wants to shred up our lives. And we pray now that you would just give us a grace that is sufficient and that we could look beyond the struggle and we could see your promise in our life and we could live under your control. We could just surrender everything today. Father, we just pray for everybody in the room that this would be a time to just surrender and take you into their life and let you draw near and so fill life that there's no room for anything else. To just so fill them up that they pour out into their marriage and their kids and their neighbors and their work, their career, everything. Father, we thank you. And we ask for this grace because you poured out Jesus Christ and held nothing back that we might know this truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.